If you like what you hear, come and visit me at youtube.com slash tiptoe the tank and see this content in all its glory. If you're here, you're familiar with this tale, right? In some way. But perhaps I can tell it to you in a way that you've not quite heard before. We begin, not at Castle Brennenburg, not with our protagonist, not even truly with the mystical Baron. We begin far before the events that unfold in the game with a man named Johann Weyer and his teacher, Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa. The two became quite the duo. Through Agrippa's tutelage, Weyer became one of, if not the, greatest academic mind of the 16th century. Through methods and travels unknown, Agrippa and Weyer learn of the existence of otherworldly orbs, objects of history, that, though still present in mythologies of the world, have widely been lost to time. Agrippa took pride in Weyer as a student. That Weyer's knowledge exceeded that of Agrippa elated him. The two remained close throughout their lives, pursuing the mysteries of the world, but their hidden legacy was their endeavors to uncover the magic of these orbs. These objects could drive men to madness, other times tear them apart, impart a shadowy beast upon their path to pursue them. They were not items to be trifled with. Agrippa found one in the mid-16th century near a village called Aldstedt, in a Mithraic temple hidden within a forest. What happened there haunted the man. He was pursued by the shadowy beast through the forest. He'd taken something that did not belong to him. He did not have the knowledge to contain the orb, but Agrippa was lucky. For the shadow did catch up to him, but unlike so many before him, Agrippa was shown mercy. The orb was removed from his custody, and he was dropped off far away from the temple. It took him nearly a decade to tell Weyer about this. The trauma of the chase and the fear of its return never left. But Weyer… Weyer did gain the knowledge to safely wield the orbs. Through ventures unknown, Weyer safely gathered a collection of the powerful artifacts. It's not known what explicitly Weyer did with these orbs. When a baron named Alexander of Brennenburg came into possession of the orb that Agrippa had once tried to obtain near Aldstadt, both Weyer and his tutor paid the man a visit. They found Alexander to himself be an enigma, something humanoid but perhaps not of this world and knowledgeable in the handling of the orbs. Together, the three began to work on unlocking the powers of this orb. We learn of an object called a Traveler's Locket, a small device used to travel between worlds, according to Alexander, powered by tamed lightning, or perhaps by an orb on this human world. The secrets of this between-worlds travel is unlocked by none other than Weyer, who seizes the opportunity to travel amongst the cosmos to explore the great beyond. He offers Agrippa a chance to join him before departing, but out of fear, Agrippa declines. Alexander is enraged by this, for Alexander is indeed not of this world. He meant to take the power of the orb for himself to return home. But Weyer denied him this, Perhaps Weyer was on to the true intentions of Alexander all along. Alexander took Agrippa prisoner, 
granting him abnormally long life, tormenting the man, and holding occasional audience with Ware from the beyond. Alexander and Ware were bartering. Ware wanted Agrippa released to travel with him. Alexander wanted to go home, some place that, in all truthfulness, he was banished from, never to be allowed to return. If Ware could bargain for Alexander's return, then he would release Agrippa. But no resolution could be found. For years upon years, Alexander schemed and experimented with earth-brewed ways to reopen a portal to his home world. Unable to replicate the craftsmanship of the Traveler's Locket with earthly technology, he embedded a massive version of it into the guts of Brennenberg, something he imagined would be a ghastly sight to the craftsmen who made the lockets on his home world. Locals around Castle Brennenberg began to take notice of beings they called the Gatherers. Disfigured beings with burlap sacks who roamed the forest at night putting animals into their bags and vanishing into the darkness. They were quite fearsome to the locals with their abnormal movements and monstrous wailings. They became the subjects of local lore and hearsay. They were believed to once be soldiers that abandoned their posts who fled into the forests and were never seen again, at least not as humans. After a visit with the Baron of Brennenberg and a sampling of his special wine, I suppose you could say they shed their humanity and took up new employment. But why were they gathering animals? Well, Alexander needed fuel for his rituals, a reagent, a substance called Vitae, a life force present within earthly creatures most potent during times of duress. At the dawn of the 18th century, Alexander took a man named Wilhelm of House Garrick into his service, a nobleman and former soldier with a shady and potentially violent past. He promised him elevation into upper societies if he agreed to three years of service to the Baron. Wilhelm greedily agreed. While employed, Wilhelm took several dozen human victims from around Castle Brennenberg. You see, Alexander was done experimenting with animals to get his vitae. He needed humans. Remember, most potent during times of duress. Alexander became a master in torture techniques, bringing indescribable pain and horror to each of his victims, extracting their blood and purifying it down to his much-desired reagent. He created a special amnesia drink for those with the most potential to produce the vitae. Bring them to the brink of death, take their blood, wipe their memory, and start again. However, after two years, Wilhelm's activities caught the attention of a local sheriff who began snooping around Castle Brennenberg. In response, Alexander intervened, sending Wilhelm away and relaxing the suspicions of the sheriff. Though, in reality, Wilhelm and his men simply sampled some of Alexander's special wine. They shed their humanity and roamed the halls and grounds of Brennenberg as new gatherers. Joining them were countless supposed servants of Alexander, victims of his cruelty and torment. In 1839, nearly 300 years after the departure of Wire from this plane, a professor named Herbert and his assistant Daniel embarked to Algeria. 
someone has directed Herbert to this location to make contact with an old acquaintance named Farage in Algiers to acquire a map that, perhaps, used to belong to Agrippa or Wire. A map to the tomb of Tin Hanan, out in the wild deserts of Africa. And the trip pays off. Herbert does get the map at the expense of his friend Farage's life, and an expedition is made out to find the hidden tomb. There, Daniel is tasked with leading a crew to excavate a potential site for the tomb entrance. However, as the dig continues closer to the tomb, the men become paranoid and anxious, some refusing to continue. Daniel himself, typically a subdued and quiet young man, becomes aggressive towards them, pushing them forward and demanding obedience quite out of character. They do find the entrance, and Daniel demands they open it. He enters the antechamber and is locked inside, where he begins to panic in the suffocating darkness alone. However, a faint shimmer within the chamber catches his eye. It was an orb of otherworldly qualities. He took it, and when consciousness returned, the orb was broken in his hands. Herbert demanded he return to England as he was now a liability to the excavation project. At least, that's what Herbert claimed. When Daniel returned to England, bodies were left in his wake. A professor, a doctor, a scientist. This greatly impacted Daniel as he understood that he'd brought something back with him from Africa. Something dark, shadowy, and dangerous. More than that, he learned that Herbert and his expedition had gone missing and were presumed dead. After recovering Herbert's items, he learned that Herbert had found a second orb within the tomb, and that madness had begun to spread through the ranks. One man was found from the expedition, wandering the desert and near death, with great claw mark wounds across his body. Daniel reached out to contacts within Herbert's diary, but none responded with anything of use, except one Alexander of Brennenburg, who simply said, I know. I can protect you. Come to Brennenburg Castle. And out of desperation, he did. Throughout our adventures in the game, we learned that Alexander used Daniel. He took his orb, used him to fuel his rituals, used him to impart torture upon victims, gaslit him into service, all with the intentions of opening a portal to his home world and leaving Daniel to be consumed by the shadows. But Daniel did not have to do these things. He did not have to abduct, abuse, torture, and murder. He did so out of madness for his own safety, to defeat the shadow, to save his own life. He made the choice to comply. So is he actually a victim here or a willing participant? Well, that's for you to decide. Daniel meets the shell that is Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa, kept alive within a husk of himself for 300 years, tormented by Alexander, a bargaining chip to use against wire. Within the heart of Brennenburg, he guides you along the way to breach the sealed sanctuary that Alexander has locked himself into as he works to open his portal home, while Daniel fights for his life. 
Agrippa begs Daniel to take him along when he breaches Alexander's sanctum, promising that if Agrippa can be freed to make contact with Wire, they will help Daniel escape this world and escape the hunting shadow. Though, can you trust this man? After so much mistreatment, so many lies, so much manipulation, can Agrippa be trusted? Daniel takes the chance. The alternative is to let Alexander win, to let him open the portal and leave this world, or to scorch the earth and destroy the ritual, leaving no one to escape. You see, Daniel cannot travel through the portal on his own. At least, that's what Alexander has told him. He's been tainted by the shadow. However, Agrippa rather laughs at this notion, assuring Daniel that he will help him if he can get through the portal. Daniel decides to trust Agrippa, and at the exact moment the ritual is complete and the otherworldly portal is opened, he throws Agrippa's head through. Only one may enter, and it will be Agrippa this time. But has Daniel been betrayed? The shadow breaches the sanctum, claiming Alexander and Daniel, ending the madness at Castle Brennenburg. But perhaps all will be well. As Agrippa's voice pierces the darkness, bringing with it faint starlight, and a promise to Daniel that everything will be all right.